Hey ladies, today we're going to continue with our series on what is keeping you from staying alcohol free. Number four is grief, loss of a loved one. And I just want to say before we get started, if you are going through a recent loss, I love you and I am, I'm here for you. Um, I lift you up on a regular basis in prayer, just even though I don't even know who you are, um, just as my listeners and those in my Set Free Sisterhood Facebook group. And honestly, I pray for my future clients that when they're ready and they know that it's the time that they come and the right ones come at the right time and they really have success. And this podcast is not me saying that I can relate to you where you are in this moment, to be completely honest or for someone who has lost someone super close, like a spouse or a child. You know, I am not experienced that. And I want to share with you that this is just some research that I've done just to walk through what grief looks like and how we process it. And also, at the end of the day, it is a huge factor for someone who may have been on a journey of living alcohol free and just turned back to the alcohol to cope. And I just want to share the processes and normalize that this is just what happens and give you a way to just be prepared if you haven't experienced it or you have or what it might look like in the future of some form of grief because we know we are not promised tomorrow. We're very aware of that and that we are all born into this world and we will all pass away from this world. And so as kind of heavy as that feels, I just feel like it's just a place where we need to talk about it and we need to be honest and real. So I think that these, uh, these layers will help you understand a little bit more so that you can just walk into your future with a little bit more knowledge about it. Okay. Hey sister, do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure because you keep telling yourself that today will be different. You wake up each morning hoping to do better, but when the afternoon rolls around, all your promises to yourself are shot. And society screams, you deserve to have that drink, eat that piece of cake, and scroll mindlessly through social media. Hi, I'm Michelle Porterfield, certified mindset and breakthrough coach. Mom of three, former daily wine drinker, excuse maker, and promise breaker. Coffee's my jam, dry shampoo is my BFF, and I am so glad you're here. I have created this community to help you walk in faith towards freedom from alcohol and other strongholds like it. Together, we will work to show you your value, your strength, and your ability to overcome. So pop in your earbuds and go for a walk or buckle up for your commute. Girl, get ready for straight talk and the truth because it's time to elevate your mindset, develop healthy routines, and begin to thrive alcohol-free. All right, let's talk about grief. In her original book, after I did some research, I found that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and I had heard of her before, she references five stages of grief. I have not personally read this book. I have just been doing some research to kind of find out a little bit more about the processes and how they work. So they are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Through time, different sources have added some other stages 
But most sources typically always list these five as the key players. So here's a little bit more detail as I did some research on WebMD because they even went into a little bit more detail about the stages and what it looks like. So right now, I just kind of want you to, to just listen to the overview of what the stages are. And I think that somehow we can relate in different ways, forms of grief. It could be something extremely tragic, um, like I spoke about in the intro. It could be just really a loss of a friend. I'm going to be honest with you, uh, a few years back, I lost a really close friend, not by death, but by disconnect. And I went through several stages of grief over that relationship. We can grieve over a pet. Um, it can just be so many different. It, we can be grieving over a season that we have just gone through or something that we long for or miss. And these things can come back up in our bodies and I just feel like the awareness around knowing what we may be dealing with can really help us walk it out and recognize that this is a normal part of the process. Because I believe that the more aware we are of our bodies and our minds and our emotions, the more we are able to recognize that this is just part of our humanity and how we're able to really walk through it with dignity and choices that will really help us in our future and not constantly turn to things to cover up, numb, and cope. Okay, so here's the stages. First, we have denial. This is when you first learn of a loss. It's normal to think this just isn't happening. You may feel shocked, very numb. This is a temporary way to deal with a rush of overwhelming emotion. It is actually a defense mechanism. Now, we know also in the world of, especially if we've been drinking for a long time, denial is one of the first things that we really have to come to a place and understanding like, why have we been saying that this is not real? This, this isn't really going on. It's a defense mechanism, so it makes total sense. Next one, anger. As reality begins to set in, you're faced with the pain of your loss. You may feel frustrated or helpless. These feelings later typically turn to anger. You may direct it towards other people, your higher power, which I say is God, or just life in general. To be angry with a loved one who has died and left you alone is very, very natural. I've heard that a lot with being angry with the person that died, that that's part of the process too. And I've seen this in family members, to be completely honest. Number three, the next stage is bargaining. During this stage, you dwell on what you could have done to prevent the loss. Common thoughts are like, if only, and what if. You may also try to strike a deal with God where we really just go into that self, like, what if I'd have done this? Or I can't believe I didn't notice that. I mean, have you ever been in a situation where you've heard of someone that has had a family member commit suicide? And the conversation around it is like, oh my goodness, how could we not have known? Like, what if I, if, is there something that I missed? You know, we begin to have this conversation, Okay. I feel like in each stage, if you take a minute, you can think of how you've experienced this 
pieces of this in your life or pieces in as you've seen it in other people's lives as well. And there again, I think it's super helpful to be aware of the way we process emotion. The next one is depression. Sadness sets in as you begin to understand the loss and its effect on your life. Signs of depression include crying, sleep issues, and a decreased appetite. You may feel overwhelmed, regretful, and lonely. And the final one is acceptance. In this final stage of grief, you accept the reality of your loss. It can't be changed. Although you still feel sad, you're able to start moving forward with your life. I believe that that is the place where it's even still a struggle. Like you, you create this acceptance, but yet the wavering of moving forward. And then I honestly can even add where I feel like there might be some guilt involved there. Like sometimes when we're, we're moving forward with our life, we're like, wait a minute, shouldn't I be still super sad? Like, am I not honoring because I need to stay here? And I just want to remind you that that's a super dangerous place to be. And that's where the depression can go into a really, really dark place. So it's said that you may waver back and forth through any of these stages. So I believe that that's the case is even though these are the five stages, I believe you can go back and forth. I think that there's waves of this and um, degrees of this. You know, after reading a little bit, it talked more about there's really not a specific timeline either, depending on the type of loss and the how connected you were with the person that it could take a lot longer than you know, if it were someone a little bit more detached and distance, and that, that makes total sense. So here's the deal. It's common to want to numb your pain. We know this, right? We've done this. If we're in, if we're, if you're in my circle at some point, whether we're talking uh, little P pain or big P pain, we're just going to say that we are really good at wanting to just numb it. It's easy to have a few glasses and go from there. But I'm going to just say that we know that's temporary and we're truly extending our pain. So just imagine that your grief is like a beach ball. Let's just say we're in the ocean and the ocean is just full of our emotions, right? Well, have you ever tried to like push? You've been in a pool or been in the beach playing with a beach ball. Have you ever tried to like push that beach ball down under the surface and how much like energy and strength it took and how just like defeated you felt because it was constantly moving around and just wanting to come up. And what happens is we can continue to do that and we're probably going to be able to be strong for a little while, but eventually that thing's going to pop right up out of the water and it's going to explode and it's going to spew and all this ugly Emotions are going to come out. And typically, if we've been holding that down so long, it's not going to be pretty. And it's going to come out at a probably very inconvenient time and around people that probably have no even connection to what what the heck you've been holding down so long. Like, why did this happen to blow up? So just... um, be aware that doing that and pressing down and numbing these things, it's just not helpful. 
If you drink and you do drugs to try to numb it, it could also lead to great, greater depression and anxiety. Okay. So I just know that it won't help. It will really cause more trouble because you're already struggling with the depression from the grief anyway. Because I can just tell you that for me, just the fact you know, I didn't have a loss during the period of when I was drinking, but I was experiencing some depression because of the lack of thriving and growth that I, that I just wasn't having in my life. And I was so unhappy in my relationships and unhappy with myself for continuing to, to drink wine daily. So I was already experiencing it. So just think if you layer something like this on top of it, how deep and dark you could be taking yourself to that place. And remember, I'm always going to teach you from a place of empowerment. We have a choice. So why would you want to struggle so long is my question. Isn't the pain that you're feeling painful enough? Or what if you allowed it to flow and release whenever it needs to? Those are my questions I had written down for you. Why would you want to struggle so long? Isn't the pain you're feeling painful enough? And what if you allow it to flow and release it whenever it needs to? I believe that's super important that we ask ourselves these questions. Because when we drink and when we do drugs, those are false pleasures and they're coping. They just are. They are coping and they're numbing and they're muffling something that is not coming out of our bodies. As a reminder, emotions buried alive, they never die. If we don't allow these emotions to come out and be fully expressed, they will get trapped inside of our bodies. And we begin to layer alcohol and drugs on top of them is a very, very toxic mixture. The next part of this for me as we're finishing up here is I just want you to understand that like, I believe that truly expressing our emotion and walking through this journey of grief really is what best honors the person that you're grieving over anyway. How can you make like clear decisions with absolute honesty and integrity and clarity if you're under the influence of some sort of substance. How can you do that? You know, how can you make decisions about their funerals? Or the people that, you know, you want to speak, like how do you talk to people or how do you create these connections and this celebration of life? And, you know, even walking through that process, like won't you regret it more on the other side if you look back and you think, wow, Not only did I not handle my emotions in a way that honored them, I didn't show up for anyone else either. I didn't even show up for myself. What about keeping their legacy? You know, what if there's something that they were really passionate about that you can connect with? You know, that could help you through this process too. If you can find something that that person was passionate about and jump on there, jump on board. And be an advocate for that or support some sort of charity or talk about it, speak about it. You know, whatever that looks like for you to continue their legacy. I think that's huge. 
And listen, I want you to keep in mind, the best foundation is Jesus. He can hold us no matter what we're going through. Seek Him. Seek support from other believers that can come and be with you and support you. Like Nobody needs to fix it or try to say the right things or do the right things. Because honestly, especially too, if you're on the other side of this and you're supporting someone who's grieving, you know what someone needs the most? They just need your presence to be with them and to hold them and just be, just literally be there. You don't have to say, you don't have to understand. You just need to be there in support. It's just that human connection. And I also want to say no one to get help. If you have found yourself in a darker place, super depressed, having suicidal thoughts, um, extremely lonely and isolated, you know, you need to reach out. There's so many options out there for you. I know that there's hotlines, there's um, counseling, therapy, various levels of coaching. You know, there's just, there's places for you. Just don't allow that grief to take you down. And I want to just read two scriptures for you. <clears throat> the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's in Psalms. And in Isaiah, he says, Do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God, and I will strengthen and help you. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Grief will easily take you down if you allow it, if you make decisions not to work through it, if you avoid emotions, if you avoid connections, if you avoid seeking help, it can take you to a very dark place. But I can tell you one thing I know for sure, that this is not our home. And if you want to cultivate a relationship with the Lord, that is the most secure, safe foundation that you'll ever experience. Because here's what I know. I know that when my loved ones who are close to me, that I know they have a relationship with him, I know without a doubt I get to see them again one day. And so I have hope. And that is the one thing that I can say that can change all things when going through this process is knowing I'm going to get to see them again in heaven. And so... I'm here to support you. If there's anything that you need, any questions that you have, please feel free to reach out. And I hope you have a beautiful week. I know this episode was a little heavier, like I could even feel it in my body as I'm talking about it today. But that also tells me this was a really important topic to talk about because it was the answers in one of the market research surveys that I did. Like this is really what has derailed a lot of people. So I hope this helps. And I'm just going to tell you, this is definitely one of those you're going to want to share, especially if you have someone that has experienced this, that may be going through it now, just share it. It's going to be so helpful. Just send them the link, let them listen to it. And um, I hope that it added value to your life today. Until next time, sisters, stay blessed. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. 
Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout-outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.